April Vokey, and you are listening to Anchored, my chance to speak with some of the most influential people involved in the outdoors today. Join me as I travel to sit face-to-face with my guests in their own homes to learn more about their careers, opinions, history, relationships, and life both indoors and out. Matt Suzuki moved to Canada when he was in his early 20s. Folklore about BC's fabled steelhead had made its way to him in Tokyo, and soon he was quite literally doing everything he could to be able to fish for them full-time. In this episode of Anchored, I meet with Matt for a quick visit to discuss Japan's fly fishing culture, its fishing destinations, and his process to becoming a Canadian citizen. Yes. Thank you very much for taking the time to sit problem. down with My me. Not a problem. My pleasure here. Even having me sick in your building, no, I appreciate it. No, no, you're all good. You're, you're looking good. <laughs> um, we're, I've, got, I've known you for, I mean, it's been a long time. Long time. I don't know how long, but long time. <laughs> yeah, you, I, you showed up on the Thompson one day and I'm like, what are you doing here kind of deal, right? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I have all these questions for you that I've sure. never really asked you. Well, okay, well, yeah, please do then. Where yeah, we, let's start it. Where were you born? I was born in Tokyo, born and raised in Tokyo, right in Tokyo downtown. Did your parents work downtown? My dad was in construction business and my mom is kind of full-time, you know, house mom kind of kind of deal. And then, uh, yeah, so my dad, he fought in World War II and he was a soldier. He was tough as a nail. And he came back and then, well, he lost his parents him when he was a kid. So he was, he was everywhere and then he decided to go to World War II to die, actually, but he came back alive. Oh. So then he started his life. Well, his, he started his family later on when he was in the 40s. So, yeah, then he was in construction business after that. So, yeah. You said he passed away 19 years ago? He, no, about 19 years ago, yes. May I ask, was he a lot older than your mom? Because you, you look like you're pretty young. Well, I'm 52. Oh? Yeah. So it's Asian roots. Yeah, you got it, right? Yes. Growing up, did you have siblings? Yes, I have a sister in Japan, and uh, she's four years older than me, and still lives in Tokyo. Okay, so why did you move to Canada? I wanted to change my life. I wanted to study English. I didn't speak English back then, and then also I wanted to find something for my future. Also, I wanted to fish, especially for steelhead. Okay, so you were into fishing you got it. in Japan. Yes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that, because okay. I really don't know much about Japan, and... And I'm, I mean, you still go there every year. For sure. So let's talk a little bit about it. I, uh, I started fishing when I was a kid. My dad was fishing, so he loved fishing. Uh, he, was, he wasn't fly fishing. He was fishing with a bait. You guys call it tenkara, but uh, it's not really tenkara. Tenkara is the way you fish with, uh, with a fly, but he was fishing with a bait. Oh, with, with a single rod? Single rod, no reel. Telescopic rod, it can be 15 to 18 feet long. And you have a fixed line on the tip of the rod with a bait on the end. Is that dapping? Kind of, kind of dapping, yes. Okay. And we are fishing for trout, rainbows, and browns. Are and they indigenous to Japan? Yes. And also Yamami and Iwana, those are Japanese native trout that we have. That's how I grew up. And then uh, when I was about 13 years old, I started to hang around in a fishing shop. Uh, in, in Tokyo? In Tokyo, yes. Oh. And I found out those things called lures right? <laughs> to me like what the heck is lures right yeah so then i started to get into the fishing lure fishing and i was fishing for bass and trout and stuff and then one day 
I was on, on my way to bass fishing, and somebody was fly fishing for bass. Were you using spinning reels at that point? I was point? Spinning, spinning rods and casting rods and everything. Because, I mean, isn't Shimano a Japanese? Yeah, Shimano and Daiwa, big names, right? Yeah. They're all Japanese. So the bass fishing is huge in Japan. Right. Yes, right? And then, uh, w- again, one day, you know, there's a guy fly fishing, and then I thought it's cool. So <laughs> I, then I came home, and they said, well, I will not take, take up fly fishing. So since then, I have been fly fishing. So I was 13. So what were you fly fishing for in Japan? Trout and the same stuff? Trout and bass, yes. Okay. Mainly trout. Right. When I was fishing for bass, I prefer using lures instead of flies. But for trout fishing, dry fly fishing especially, it's exciting, right? So that's yeah. what I did. Was there a big fly fishing culture in Japan? Yes, it is. Because there is now, but was there back then? Yes, back in the days. Still, was pretty. Was, wasn't as big as these days, but still pretty popular. So if you're 52, yes, you were 13. I mean, that was like 40 years you ago. You got it. I've been fly intense. fishing for 40 years now. Yeah. Okay. So do you think that? <laughs> wow. I can't believe how fast time yeah, goes. You got it, right? So yeah. Talk to me about the first step coming to Canada. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I was 26, and again, I wanted to find something for my future. Did you speak English at 26? Not really. I was hanging around in a military base called the Yokota Air Force Base in Tokyo. Because of your dad? Yeah, not really. No, I was driving Camaro. I I imported Camaro from LA. Like the speed car? Camaro, that's Chevy Camaro. 1969 Camaro Z28. That's what (laughs) I had in Tokyo. Right. And I was driving around in, you know, obviously those Yankees, they love to see those things, right? (laughs) And then every time I go there, they, they always say, hey, come and, come and join us. So that's what I did. And then I picked up a little bit here and there, but I wasn't really speaking much. Right. And then uh, that's one thing I wanted to change. So I decided to come to North America. Why, why Canada and not the States? Well, in order to get the visa, it is easier to get the visa for Canada is Japan a crown country? Well, but here's the thing. Uh, we have a program called the uh, Working Holiday. Okay. Working Holiday is a program that you get a visa for one year. You can study or you, you can work. Yeah, so that's what I was on. So I was on a Working Holiday program to come to Canada. So the reason why I came to BC is, one, is weather is milder than any other places. Two, is a steelhead. Okay. So yeah. How had you heard about Steelhead? Well, there's a guy named Ken Sawada, <laughs> he, uh, big he, name in Japan. Uh, yes. He he wrote about Thompson fishing on a Thompson for Steelhead. So that was one of my dreams. So he was fishing the Thompson yes. because he's actually what really put Japan on the map for me. You got it. Because I just had never associated Japan with fly fishing, and then one day mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. hilltop on the Thompson, <laughs> cool. there was this this book. I can't remember if it... No, it was a Ken Sawada book. Yes. And it was his Atlantic salmon mm-hmm. full-dressed flies. Mm-hmm. And I just was... I had never seen anything like that. And I started really looking into like the Japanese and these mm-hmm. they hold these competitions yes. with these full-dressed flies. Yes. And that was when I really opened my eyes to Japan. But yep. on the Thompson, there were tons of Japanese guys. Well, back in the day, Ken Sawada took some Japanese guys to the Thompson. Not only the Thompson, but also the Campbell River and Setkan and any other places. But the Thompson was one of the places that he used to fish with his buddies. Right. So he was like a celebrity in Japan. Yes. And did he host trips or did he just bring I friends? I think he did. Uh, I learned fly casting from one of his students. Okay. Who is actually, who was 
one of the top casters in Japan back in the day. I met Kensawara through him. Right. And I got to know him. And then, yeah, again, he wrote, you know, articles. And then, you know, Norway, the, the Thompson, the, the Camry, about everything. But the, one of the articles I read was the Thompson. Uh-huh. So then, Big Fish. Right. That's what I wanted to catch. So, so you came here because of that, yeah. for lar- you know, largely. Yes. yes. Wow, go Ken. Yeah, right? <laughs> because he's getting up there, right? How old is Ken? He is 70. He is 20 years older than me, so he is 72 now. Has fly tying in Japan always been a big part of the always, culture? Always, uh, Now, still these days, my buddies are tying fully, fully dressed Atlantic salmon flies. I don't think people can fully appreciate what I'm talking about until they've seen these mm-hmm, flies. Mm-hmm. Just for people listening, if you've ever seen those flies that belong on hats or they belong in frames, they take like 14 hours to yeah, tie. Yeah. They look like art pieces. Yes. And I guess the Japanese are quite artistic. They love, well, there's a three things in fly, fly fishing. That's how I look at it. Fly fishing, which is catching fishing, catching fish part, also fly tying and the fly casting. Yeah. So that's why the fly casting is huge in Japan as well, as you know. Always competition going in Japan in fly casting, spade casting and single hand as well. Yes. Ah, oh, I was going to ask you about that because yes. some of the best casters in the world are mm-hmm. Japanese. Mm-hmm. I think the spade casting is pretty popular in Korea as well. Is it? Yeah. So, how, yeah. how did that come to be though? I mean, it wasn't really until the 90s probably late 90s 2000 my buddy Nobuo Nodera he wrote the, uh, the book about spade casting entered to spade casting in 2002 I believe so that's the time the spade casting started to take off in Japan oh so he learned it here mm-hmm. and then brought it back yes well he lived in Scotland for nine years working for Daiwa wow he okay. was the guy he was the guy for Daiwa spay rods. I mean, Nobu is still the guy. Oh, yeah, he's still the guy. He's amazing. He, oh, yeah, he back in the day, yes, he's the one who okay. made this popular. Oh, I love it when all the pieces come together. Mm-hmm. This is one part of the world that I knew the pieces were there. I just didn't know how to put them together. Yes. Ooh, well, exciting. Ken Sawada wrote about spay casting before. Yeah. But Ken Sawada was known for overhead casting shooting heads. Yeah. With a 17 foot, foot double handed spay rods. They didn't call it spay rods, they call it salmon rods. You're running a shooting heads and then doing overhead cast instead of spay cast. Yeah. You get great distance. And that's how he fished in Norway. So, but in Scotland, there was Nobuo Nodera. So he came and back to Japan. he was spay casting. Yes, he was spay casting. And he came back to Japan and he made spay casting this popular. And it stayed popular. Yes. Who made CND rods? CND rod is made by Nobu Nodera, designed by Nobu Nodera. Wow. Yes. He never moved here. He stayed in Japan. He stayed in Japan. Uh, he used to come to the Thompson over the time. He has fished on a, a Dean and a, and a Thompson. Yeah. He made quite a few trips to the Thompson. Now, I remember on the Thompson when they all used to come in. Right. Yeah. I've got some questions for you. They were all, they were all so well-mannered and so nice mm-hmm. <laughs> and such a pleasure. Yes. Fun, fun to hang around. They were. Yes. And they'd be at the hilltop and they would sleep with their lights on. Mm-hmm. And we did not understand what was going on. What was <laughs> well, that all about? Well, the ball they like they love drinking too, right? So <laughs> yeah. they get drunk and then you know do whatever things and then they just crash on whatever, right? That's why. So yeah. 
Oh my, okay. So for years, we have thought mm-hmm. that it was some sort of religious thing. No, or no, no, no. They, they just Dixie used to say it was like, like a, a skunk <laughs> and then they just crash. That's what they did. Dixie used to think it was some sort of like a spiritual thing. We couldn't figure <laughs> no, it no, out. No, 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 no. None of those. <laughs> none of those things. No, no. They, they just drank. <laughs> that is one that I'm so happy I asked. Sure. Because to this day, I'll be talking and, and I've actually spoke to different people from Japan about it. And I'll be like, do you guys sleep with your lights on? Yeah, well, we... We love eating. We love drinking. That's what we love. So yeah. that is so funny. This whole time, I thought there was some sort of tradition. No, 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 none of those things. No, no, okay. none of those things. Well, while we're on tradition, let me ask you this sure. then. Uh, I know that Ken used to fish with his wife a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, God bless her, because I think she's gone now. Mm-hmm. So, is that a cultural thing to have your wife fish behind you in Japan? Not really. That's not really a common thing that you actually fish with his, you know, the wives. Okay. Uh, He was, I guess uh, his wife, Marianne, she loved fishing as well. Yeah. So that's why they always made trips together, especially Norway and then Sweden. And yes, as you know, Marianne, she's got big sea trout. I think she, she still holds the world record, I believe. So yeah, she's got some big fish. So, but women fishing in Japan is not a big thing. No, not at all. Okay. Still, there's a few few girls out there out there that they they love to fish and they love to spay fish, but the popularity is not there. Right. There's only few. There's only few. Is there a big industry there? Like, are they trying to grow the sport? Fly fishing isn't really a big thing, since we have so many different kinds of fishing in Japan. Right. Japan's as Japan's an island, as you know, and surrounded by the ocean. So we have ocean fishing as well as inland lakes and streams. People don't know about this. Uh, Sixty to seventy percent of the land in Japan is still in mountains. Yeah. So that's why we have so many streams and creeks. Do you have grizzlies there? Grizzly we, bears. We do have different kinds of bears, but similar to grizzlies, the ones do attack people. Yeah. Yes. I've heard some crazy stories. Okay. Because when I think of Japan, I think of this beautiful green country. Mm -hmm. Am I thinking right? I actually don't think about Tokyo. I think about green. Even in Tokyo, where I grew up, in the mountainside, there's still a lot of of trees left. Really? A lot of mountains. A lot of streams. You can still fish. How big is it? Like if I flew in tomorrow to go to Japan, I flew into Tokyo. Mm Mm-hmm. Actually, I do. I fly through Tokyo often. Yes. So, say I want to stay for a week. Yeah. Place, the best place for you to fish in Japan is probably up, up north in Hokkaido. Okay, so I'd go north. Yes. And how, how hard is it to get north? Once you, well, once you fly from Tokyo to uh, uh, Sapporo. And you can like the beer? Sapporo is a place. It's the name of town. But the, is the beer named after that? Yes, beer. That that's the famous for the beer as well. Yeah, yeah the, the one beer that gives my husband the worst <laughs> oh, headache ever. <laughs> so yes, same, same, same name, same oh, place. So what would I fish for there? Uh, rainbows and browns. Okay. Yamame, Iwana. Uh, What's Dolly the fish Bunny. you just said a second ago? Iwana. 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 So is not the arapaima. Iwana is the same family as a char. So it's, oh. a, it's, it's, it's a char family, and it's the same family as Dolivad and Bull Trout. Okay. So, yeah. Are they ocean run? They can be ocean run, just like Dolivad or sea run dollies. Right. Yes. So Japan gets, do you guys get the 
five species of Pacific salmon? Well, we do. Plus the, the cherries. Plus cherry salmon and the steelhead. Okay. Yes. So could I go to, to Japan to fish for steelhead? Trying to look for steelhead up in, up, even up on Hokkaido is, is really tough deal. You, you don't, you don't, you just don't catch them. Okay. Always? Always. The okay. numbers are not there. But they didn't used to be there either. It's not like a. It's always that way. Okay. And once in a while, some of my buddies live in the Hokkaido. They fish for trout and they, they look, they get into something huge. They can't even see the fish. Yeah. They just buck off and then breaks you off. They can be steelhead. Oh, interesting. Yeah. My brain is ticking right now. Sure. No, you, that's the place you need to go. Could you get big trout? Big trout, rainbows and browns, huge. Here's a good story for you. I was talking to Mario Wojnicki, who is a, one of the well-respected bamboo rod builder. And he says, back in the day, he was living in California. He says he doesn't even fish in the States much anymore. He goes to Hokkaido to fish. Oh. So, yeah. Do you ever wish that maybe you stayed there? I, uh, I always think I want to go up to Hokkaido to fish. I don't think I want to live there, though, just because the winter is pretty cold. Okay, so lots of snow? Lots of snow in the wintertime. Right. Have you fished over there yet? I've never been to Hokkaido yet. Oh, Matt, never. you have to do that. I know, that. right? I have to change that. Hey, what's your actual name? My, 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 my real legal name is Masataka. Masataka. Suzuki, yes. Why did you change it to Matt? Well, nobody called me Masataka in Japan. People call me Suzuki-san in Japan. Why do they say son? Because this guy... Son is like a Mr. or Miss or Mrs. or whatever. Oh, I've got this wonderful man who always emails me and he calls me April-san. April-san. Yeah. Yes, right? So yeah. So that's, that's the thing, like Mr. Suzuki. Yeah. So that's a respects thing, right? Okay. I so gotcha. I gotcha. It, it's only in buddies we, we sometimes call just the last name. Well, sorry, the first names. But... It's not really common. Okay. Anyway, I kind of felt funny when you guys, Canadian guys, called me Masataka. So if they call me Suzuki-san, sure. Some, some of my buddies, they call me Suzuki-san. That's cool, but you know, so that's why my uh, Caucasian buddy says, why don't you change, why don't you have your nickname? To be Matt. Yes. So what was the process moving here from Japan? Uh, again, I got a visa called Working Holiday. Yeah. So that was only good for a year. Okay. So I started to work in a fishing shop in downtown. Oh, Vancouver? Yeah, in Vancouver in eight, uh, 93. Which and one? That's called Hanson's. Oh, is it, it's not still there, is it's it? It's not there. They moved to Calgary. The store is still going in Calgary. Then uh, I got a, after that, I, uh, I got a working permission. And then I extended my per working permission for a couple of times. And I, stayed, I came here in 92 and I went back to Japan in 95 for about 10 months. Right. To prepare the paperwork for the, uh, to immigrate to Canada. Do you think it was easier back then than it is no, now? No, it wasn't. I was, I was rejected three times before. Oh, so you had to be really committed. I went through a lot of process here and there. Wow, but why? I mean, I love Canada, but Japan seems like it has everything Canada has. Well, uh, but they don't have a steelhead, though. Right, <laughs> wow, it like really got you bad. Yeah, right, so yeah. Wow, so you worked at a f shop as yes, well? Yes, I, wor I worked in a fishing shop when I was in high school. I was 16. In Tokyo? In Tokyo as a part-time. So every Saturdays, uh, I was working in a fishing shop. 
And they offered me a full-time after I finished my school. So instead of going to college, I had a chance to go to college, but uh, I decided to stick around in the fishing business. Because even now today, yes, where I'm, do you I'm work? I'm still in the fishing business. I mean, you've done this your whole life. I left one time for about five years before I came to Canada. Right. So I was working as a businessman. So yeah, so I left the uh, fishing industry once. But ever since I came here, I'm in fishing business again. So When I met you, were you working in a shop? I was a fish working in a shop, yes. Which one were you working at? I worked for Hanson's, Radix. Uh, Radix, you did? Yes, I worked for Radix, Kathy Radix and Malcolm Radix. Wow, okay, so that's really dating you. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. where did you go from Radix? I moved to Angra's West. That's right. So when right. I met you, you were at Angler's West. Yes, right. So Scott yeah. Baker's shop. Scott Baker's shop, it. yes. Oh my gosh, I feel Time like I'm flies. walking down memory Time lane. flies, right? So where are you now? I'm, I'm with High Water Taco in North Fan. Have you seen any changes in the industry since you started? Yes and no. Well, when I was working for Radix, Radix was a fly shop. Now, the place I work, we deal with everything. The downriggers to the float fishing to trout fishing lures, spinners, trolling to fly fishing. So I deal with all kinds of people, but have I seen a change? Yes and no. Did you ever get some sort of motivation to take all the knowledge you have? Because you have got an, a lot of knowledge from being here. I don't think that way though. I never think I have knowledge that much. Maybe when you look at some of the, um, you know, some of the legends you're surrounded by, but you could take what you know here and... Did you ever think, oh, I could be like Ken Sawada in Japan if I took this back? I don't think I'm that good. To me, those guys are like a god. They are not that god, but they, you know, you know what I mean. They are up there. I'm not up there yet. But did you ever think about doing something bigger with it? One time, I was writing articles for a Japanese fishing magazine called The Fly Fisher for about a year and a half. So that made myself in in a good position as people started to know me, who I am, what I do. But that was, to me, that was good enough. What is the culture like there? You know how here, I always feel like in North America, there's this little bit of, uh, how do I say this? Uh, uh, In Australia, they call it a tall poppy syndrome. Mm -hmm. In Canada, they just call it jealousy, Mm -hmm. where people tear you down. Mm -hmm. In Japan, do they celebrate that or do they tear you down as well? It's both ways, though. It doesn't matter where you are. It's it, human it's happening. Yes, the human being is human being. It doesn't matter where you are. It's always the same, right? So there's a guys, you know, they, they give you all kinds of help. But also there's other guys, they try to pull you out. They're always that way. But fortunately, I haven't met too many people that they try to put me down or anything. So they always try to help me, including guys like Nobuo and those guys. So yeah. Promoting yourself nowadays seems mm-hmm. to be normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it didn't used to be normal. I remember when I first started promoting myself, it was very frowned upon. Yes. In Japan, is promoting yourself still frowned upon or is it well, expected? There's a guys out there, they try to promote themselves, but I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. I never tried. But in, in Japan, do you know if it's frowned upon? That's a good question. I, I can't answer that. I, yeah. They keep up with the day, right? Yes, they, they do. It's all yeah. social media and yes, stuff. Yes, they do. 
So yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the magazines. Yeah. I remember my first seeing my first ever fly fishing magazine from Japan and mm-hmm. was amazed because it reads backwards. To you it's backwards. Yeah, to, to us me it's that's backwards. the way we read, yes. So you read from right from, to left? Yeah. Well no. It well traditionally we, we, we read top to bottom, top to bottom. Okay. Going moving from right to left. But these days you read from left to right, left to right. So same as same as English. But oh. the page is going backwards. Okay, yeah. Cause we I, are flipping the pages on backwards. I think the cover... Yes, cover is on setting on the other side of the page. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so but facing upwards was the back of the magazine. You got it. To you guys is backwards. But we read in the same manner. Just the page, you flip the pages and backwards. Yeah. That's what we do. Do you think that, that Japan should be a fly fishing destination? Can be in Hokkaido, yes. Okay. Yes. Mainland... Not so much. Right. Around Tokyo, Osaka, not so much. Do they have lodges and stuff there? Uh, fishing lodges, yes. And fishing guides as well these days. Really? Yeah, some of my, my buddies became full-time fishing guides. So if I were to go there, I'd land in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Would I have to rent a car? Well, from Tokyo, you, you fly up to Hokkaido in, okay. in Sapporo. Same name as beer. Right. You, How far of a flight is it? About, I think about two and a half of a flight, I okay. think. Yeah. Again, I've never been there yet. So up there, you rent a, you rent a vehicle or yeah. you stay in a lodge or whatever. Is there anything dangerous besides bears? Uh, no, that's about it. Bears. Is it pretty safe there with people? Japan is one of the most sa- safest place to go. Why is that? Is it harsh punishment? If Well, there isn't much crime going on in Japan, especially in Hokkaido. Tokyo maybe, but uh, it's pretty safe. Yeah, you can walk around in the two o'clock in the midnight and nothing happens. Do you miss it there? I do and I don't. Uh, In summertime, it's brutally hot. Like brutally hot. And the humidity is high too. So it's very uncomfortable to be in summertime. I I shouldn't say this, but (laughs) yeah. So yeah. yeah. And then this is a time they get a lot of rain. So this is a rainy season. After the rainy season's done, the heat comes up and it stays for about a month and a half. So one time I was in Japan in September to move my mom to a new place and I was packing up and stuff and then I was sweating, like a sweating. That was <laughs> September. Okay. I couldn't even imagine in August. That's the hottest month in, in Japan. I have a very ignorant question for you about sushi. Sushi, sure. I heard mm-hmm. that sushi in Japan is actually not as good as it is here. Is that true or that it's really expensive? It's very expensive. It can be expensive, I should say. There's a lot of places these days that you can go cheap, like a cheap, like buck to buck 50 for two pieces of sushi. But if you go to high-end sushi restaurant, very expensive. Is the quality as good as it is Qu- in Vancouver? Quality is way better than... Well, we have more different kinds of fish in Japan. Oh, So right. that's why. Yeah. Yeah. The sushi you get over here in North America, especially in BC and stuff, they, they imported fish from Japan. Not so, the yeah. salmon and stuff. It's not salmon, but other fish. Okay. But yes. when, you eat, when you eat Japanese food, we uh, always say sushi. But yes. I mean, sushi is just a part of Japanese we food. We don't eat sushi every day in Japan. Yeah. Well, that was my next right? question. So, That's yeah, not a daily Sushi thing. is something very special in Japan. Okay. So when I was a kid, I didn't even get sushi 
once a month. But that, what do you mean by it's special? Like when something happens, like a you know graduation or oh, whatever. Oh, it's like a celebration. It, yes, it's special. It's, oh, it's, it's I not, thought it was street food. No, that's what people think. Oh. People think sushi is a fast food. No. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was like street food and you eat it with your hands and you dip it with a little bit of You eat sauce. with hands, that's a respect. <laughs> okay. Which, which is honor. We always care about the honor. So you do eat with hands? Yes, because a sushi chef makes sushi with hand. So when I go out for sushi yes. here in Vancouver, yes. I should eat with my hands? You can eat with hand or using chopsticks. Either or. And I always hear that they get really frustrated mm -hmm. when you take like half a jar of soy sauce because <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to soak it. You're just supposed to lightly dip it, you right? You keep adding to the dish. You don't put that much soy sauce in a dish. And you guys, I shouldn't say you guys, <laughs> some of you guys dip the rice in the soy sauce you don't even taste the rice and fish anymore. Yeah. You just taste... <laughs> Soy sauce, right? That's not the way. Have you noticed anything else since you've been here that is kind of not entirely accurate? Well, when it comes to Japanese food, though, BC is pretty good for Japanese food. What I what I'm amazed is that you guys, the Caucasian guys or Canadian guys, they use chopsticks better than me. Okay, they can use chopsticks like <laughs> very well. Right. right, so yeah, that's one thing I I was impressed. Um, is there anything I should be asking you about Japan and fishing in Japan that I don't know to ask you? No. Are there rivers big enough to spay fish there? You betcha, for sure. Oh, they do have rivers that big. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. What would be in the big rivers? We have taimen as well, as you know. Oh. Up in Hokkaido, there's a taimen. We have taimen. My friends just went taimen fishing and up in Hokkaido, and they just posted some pictures on the Facebook and then. Yeah, big fish. They, yeah. And they're pretty reliable? They're more reliable than steelhead? You time it right. Well, you, you, you don't look for steelhead up there in Hokkaido, but you're always looking for timing. If you're fishing for timing, you're looking for timing, and your chances are pretty high. You probably get fish or two per trip, for sure. I shouldn't say for sure. Fishing is fishing. You never know. We don't call it catching. Yeah. But you have a pretty good chance to get to see some timing. Wow. Okay, so all the trout, salmon. What's the deal with cherry salmon? Cherry salmon, uh, there's only a few places you can legally fish for cherry salmon. Bycatch is bycatch. If you're not looking for cherry salmon, you catch, you catch cherry salmon, you let them go, and you're fine. But cherry salmon fishing is not really popular. Well, I shouldn't say it is a popular thing, but there's places you can't even fish for cherry salmon. So oh, it's illegal? Illegal to fish for cherry salmon. I so, mean, yeah. what are they exactly? There's cherry salmon's siran yamame. Yamame is a Japanese native trout, but uh, when they become siran, they become, they become cherry salmon. They look, they, ju they look just like a coho. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are, but are they red? They red, which means red, red meat. Like, the, why are they called a cherry salmon? Well, cherry salmon, they come back to freshwater river river part in springtime when the cherry is going in April. That's why they call it cherry salmon. Oh, it has nothing to do with color. Nothing to do with the color. So the cherries are you in You got bloom. a cherry blossom is going when they come. 
Wow, that actually paints a really romantic picture. Yes. Cherry blossoms are a big thing in Japan, right? It is huge. Have you done cherry salmon? I have fished for cherry salmon. Never caught one in my life, but... uh, Are they just hard to catch? Very hard to catch. Why? The numbers are not there. Okay. Did they used to be there? I think it used to be much easier back in the days. Because are they still netting in in Japan or are they coming... Commercial fishing is still going, yes. Is it the Japanese who are taking whales? Taking, we do eat whales, we do. Is That's that, so a that tradition. Big, it was? Yes. Is it like an everyday thing or is it also a celebratory? It's not every, not, that's not everyday thing. But uh, we still do eat uh, whales, yes. Have you eaten whale? Yes, I have. What's it like? Very good. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to eat too much. Why? Just it's, the... It, it's, it's so rich. Oh, okay. Yes. Gotcha. Right. All right. So what's next for you, Matt? Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm always want to fish in Norway. Okay. And if maybe Scotland, if I can. Yeah. Those are the things I'd love to do. Since the Thompson's done, yeah. I always fish up, up north on uh, Balkley and the Skinner country. But uh, yeah, next destination for me will be, well, the other place I want to fish for steelhead is Clearwater. In right, yeah. As you know, I like long belly, long stick. That's what that's my thing. How come you don't do spay rama? Spay or I'm not I'm not that good. I do compete though. Every time I go to Japan and if there's a competition going, I do join. Really? I enjoy casting in front of people. I enjoy that's doing, the hardest part. Yes, but I enjoy doing that. You should do spay rama. Well yeah. I was thinking about it though, but you know, I'm not that good yet. But, well, yeah. I don't practice. Let me put it this way. I used to, well, I don't practice as much as I used to. Okay. But I still do enjoy casting. And every time I go to Japan, we go cast. Right. Instead of fishing. I think you discredit yourself. <laughs> we'll see what I can do. I think you discredit yourself. We'll so see. what are you going to do? Are you going to just stay at the shop? Stay in the shop for a while. That's, that's one thing. Do you have a long-term plan? Uh, not really. I was thinking to move to Japan one time, though, but I'm not too sure I, I can handle the heat <laughs> in summertime. If I can go back and forth, back and forth, like, like I said, my mom isn't home, so I need to go to look after a few things at least once a year, maybe yeah. twice a year. So we'll see what's going to happen. Um, well, look, I'm going to wrap it up. Is there anything sure. that you would like to add or to ask me? Mm, no, no, no. You, uh, you're still looking good. and then <laughs> I look like well, shit, man. No, no, you're not. No, no, you're looking good. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Suzuki-san. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes this episode of Anchored. Thank you for listening.